During the COVID spring, Salt and Light Media produced a show called Hope From Home to help people stuck at home stay connected through hope. All those interviews can be watched at saltandlighttv.org slash hope from home. One of the people I spoke with was Christine Messick. She is a midwife in Austin, Texas. Christine, it's so good to have you in the program with us today. It's so good to see you after so many years. Yes, so nice to see you too. Thanks for having you're, me. Yes, um, you're, you're a certified midwife. You work in the largest birthing center in North America, correct? The, the largest freestanding birth center okay, in North America. Tell is, yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do. What's a normal day for you at the office? Sure. So I am a staff midwife at the Austin Area Birthing Center. We have two locations. Um, and this is primarily for women who um, are seeking an out-of-hospital birth. And they have to meet a, a number of parameters. They have to be low risk. And we're constantly doing risk, risk assessment to make sure that this is the right place for them to meet their, their babies when, when it's time for labor. Um, we have a pretty low transport rates. You know, I think it's less than 17% in labor would transport to the hospital, usually okay. non-emergent. Um, but uh, we are a staff of about 12 midwives um, across the two centers. We have a couple of lactation consultants and medical assistants. So we do the primary care um, for pregnant women. So anyone who's okay. expecting a baby, you know, sometimes you might see an obstetrician, sometimes you might see a midwife. Okay. So, yeah, I, we had an obstetrician on the show a, uh, a few episodes ago, and obviously she was okay. talking about hospital. Um, you'd think that in this, with the current crisis, it would be perfect for, for women to be giving birth at home. Do you also help with, with home births? So we don't. Uh, we're kind of an in the middle. There are a number of, you know, in, in most places you can find home birth midwives as well. Uh, mm -hmm. We are, we're kind of that interim in between. Um, we have seen a lot of late transfers coming into care for women who would like to avoid a hospital birth during the, the current conditions. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. Are, are there other adjustments or other, uh, uh, I guess, changes that you've seen in the last month because of oh, the crisis? I, you know, over the last two months, it's almost been a daily change, actually. You know, as things started out, we were like, so how are we navigating this? Um, you know, initially starting with that wearing masks, we're screening um, screening our patients when they come in, checking their temp, asking uh, probing questions. We um, have avoided using the waiting room now. Women are just roomed immediately and brought in to see. The midwife comes in directly after they've um, had a, a normal temperature and, and have passed the screening mm -hmm. tests. Um, we're doing a lot of telehealth. So we're primarily seeing women in clinic for their first prenatal visits um, when they need to do their glucose testing around 28 weeks. We do a quick little, um, we call it a flash sonogram to make sure baby's head down around 34 weeks. Okay. And then that last month of pregnancy when it is important to, to be seeing people um, more frequently. Otherwise, we're doing all of our visits uh, remotely. Okay, so virtually. Um, yeah. Um, uh, if someone, I mean, the, someone might be pregnant right now watching this and maybe she's concerned, a little worried, what, do some, what does a pregnant woman right now need to know about giving birth during this time? Well, you know, there's still a lot of questions, but primarily we've been seeing that uh, women seem to be doing well with pregnancy. There are, are, is a, a high percentage of pregnant women who are testing positive, but are asymptomatic. So that's good news in the fact that, you know, even if they have it, they're not, 
you know, expressing it in the same way that we're seeing in some of the vulnerable populations with the breathing difficulties and things like that. Okay, sorry to um, interrupt. You mean to yeah. test positive for the virus? Yes, and Is I've heard I've heard a range from 29 to 49 percent okay. are asymptomatic that test positive. Okay. Is there any danger that they might transmit the, or you know pass on the disease to, to the, the baby? Theater? Um, at the moment, they're suggesting that there is no vertical transmission, okay. um, that, you know, the, the risk would come after. Um, so once baby is born, there might be a possibility okay. for that. So a number of the hospitals are separating mums and newborns in a mum that's positive. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, Christine, you you work you don't work for a faith-based organization, but you are, faith is important for you. I know that. Um, Absolutely. How do you kind of, how does that influence what you do? How does your faith influence what you do? Well, um, when I get that call, so we, we, our calls are usually a 24-hour call. So if I get a call from a mom in labor, when I get in the car and start driving, my first go-to is a rosary for that family, for that baby, regardless of what faith background they, they might be. And yeah. that, you know, they recognize the the inherent value in this beautiful gift of life that they've been given and that either the parents will bring faith to their child or the child will bring faith to their parents at some point and God will be, you know, glorified in all of this. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, when I have that opportunity and, and you see maybe a mom is wearing a cross or maybe they're playing some Christian music, um, that's an opportunity to kind of open up some conversation and share what I think is really important. Um, you know, I always tell women that I think Labor and birth is the closest we can come as women to understanding Christ's passion and death on the cross. You know, he has such dignity for us. I mean, God could, with a proverbial snap of his fingers, create an entire uh, population of people. Yet yeah. he, he has the dignity to allow us to participate in this process. Uh -huh. And labor and birth is our opportunity to walk Calvary with Jesus. He still gives us these blessed breaks in between the contractions. He, he respects our human frailty and knows that we, we, we can't quite do what he did, but he calls us to part of that. Um, Mm -hmm. When we can, I think for women who, who are of a faith background, already you can offer your labor for something, for somebody. I always tell people, you know, when they're preparing, start a list, seek out prayer intentions. What do you want to pray for? Offer each contraction. When it comes, you can have your, your husband say, okay, here's, here's what we're praying for in this contraction. You know, eventually you get to a point where you can't do that. It's just for whatever the contractions are for whatever the, the prayer intentions might be. But, wow. you know, the end result of the cross is new life. And we have that opportunity to share in that, in this gift of giving birth. So mm -hmm. there is there the hardest things in life are the most worthwhile. So I always tell people, you know, that this might be the hardest thing you'll ever do, but I promise you it's the most worthwhile thing. You know, when God um, was was condemning Adam and Eve after the fall, he didn't he didn't condemn them and say, you're going to have to work. And it's going to hurt to have a baby because he was just ticked off. You know, he's teaching the value of redemptive suffering. Um, mm -hmm. St. Paul tells us that I make up for that which is lacking in the suffering of Christ. If we sit and think about that for a minute, what could possibly be lacking in the suffering of Christ? Well, my willingness to, you know, he's on the cross, not so I don't have to be, but showing me what I'm supposed to do. I can offer this up for something for someone else. And it can be yeah. quite a beautiful thing. You know, an interesting side Side note, typically yes. speaking, I know this is kind of being a little bit uh, of a generalization, but, you know, if you need the piano moved, ladies, you're probably going to ask your husband, hey, can you can you get on this? I need the furniture moved. If we've got a friend who's having a difficult time, we're the ones that are probably going to go and console them. 
Labor takes that and reverses those two roles. We suddenly have the woman taking on the physical role and we have the men taking on the emotional role and both are equally challenging for them. And so guys, you can offer that up as well. And it's also a place of growth in, in our, our parenting. We need both of those sides. We have to relate to both. Guys, you always wanna fix everything. You have to just stand by and kind of watch it and maybe marvel at the strength that your wife has while she's uh, giving birth to your child. It's such a beautiful, beautiful time. It is a beautiful time and a, and a, and a powerful time. If I, if I remember, if I remember the ones we went through, um, yeah. Chris, what you say is so profound. Um, suffering for love is really what makes it redemptive. So, so I think that you've certainly given me Absolutely. a whole new appreciation for, uh, for this gift of being co-creators with God. Um, and thank you for what you're doing and uh, oh, thanks. or you continue to do during this uh, crisis. Thanks so much. That was a conversation I had with Christine Messick, a staff midwife at the Austin Area Birthing Center. If you missed the beginning of the show or to listen to it again, remember that you can always listen to the Salt and Light Hour at saltandlighttv.org or take it with you as a podcast off iTunes, Google Play or Spotify.